Hey everybody, this is Lindsay, your host of Life Through a Distorted Lens. Welcome back to this week of March the 30th. Uh, my guest uh, kind of bailed on me this week, so I am presenting you a sermon from Pastor Mike from Calvary San Jose. This was a church we used to go to before we moved from California to Texas. I love him. He's a wonderful pastor, uh, one of a kind. So without further ado, here is a sermon from Pastor Mike. If you would stand with me, and if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. You know, we're living in exciting times. I didn't think that living in the last days would be uh, so perilous, though. It's a little uh, exhausting. But nonetheless, this is an exciting time. Let's look at beginning with verse 5 this morning, Luke chapter 21, verse 5. And as some spoke of the temple and how it was ordained with goodly stones and gifts, he said, Jesus said, as for these things which you behold, the days will come in which there shall not be one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draws near. Go you not therefore after them. But when you shall wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not yet, or by and by. And he said then unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilence and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogue and to the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren, kinsfolk and, and friends, and some of you shall they cause to put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And let's stop there. Lord, we thank you just for the word of not just promise prophetically that you've given us, but Lord of comfort and even a command in which we're to do in these last days, to stay busy, to be working and laboring for you and watching for your return. Minister to our hearts, Lord. Give us just a perspective that's beyond ourselves. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated. As this morning, we're going to be preparing our hearts 
for communion. I think this is really a, a time in which we're to be looking for the ultimate fulfillment of communion, the return of Jesus Christ, that we get to see him face to face. You know, every time I've taken communion, it's always been a picture of what is to come. In fact, Jesus says, he'll say later on in the next chapter, he'll say this is what he desires to, to have with us, but he's not going to have it anymore until he's with all of us in the kingdom, that he longs for the day to be with us face to face. As we live in a time and in a, in a day and age where we see so many confusing things going on, we're going to see he told us that's exactly what's going to happen. And it's important, I think, to, to understand first and foremost that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he is the word made flesh. He's dwelt among us and he's given us these prophecies because he wants us like a groom to his bride to be ready for his coming, to be looking for him and to be excited for his come. When, he's, when we see him, we shouldn't be like, oh no, I just wanted a little bit longer. The world, I was enjoying it so much. We're gonna be like, you could have come earlier. You know, we're, we're, we're just at the edge here. We're all gonna go off the cliff. And you know, it's gonna be like that. In fact, one thing we have is living stones of prophecy today, really. Uh, that's you and I. But there's some dead stones that are also prophetic that he gives us here in verse 5 as they were looking at the stones of the temple. And the temple, we're told by Josephus, it was covered in gold. In fact, the top, uh, what wasn't gold, was this, this marble that would glisten as you came up the road of Jericho or wherever you'd see the temple. It would look like there'd be snow on top. It'd be glistening on top of the Temple Mount because the temple itself was just reflecting the sun so brilliantly that it would literally be shining. Look at these stones. You know, look at the, the, all the, the jewels here, the gold and everything that was on this building. And Jesus tells us here, as, as he tells the disciples, as, as this is really what we're to be understanding, these things which you behold, uh, there's a day that's going to come which all these stones, there's not going to be one stone left upon another that will not be thrown down. Thrown down, well, there's only one place down from the Temple Mount, and it's on the outside of the Temple Mount. And here's some pictures this morning. I think it's important to, to look and say, has Jesus tr tell the truth? Uh, if you go with us there in Herodian Street, they dug this up, uh, and you can see, I think it was in the 60s, all these stones that date back to the time of 70 A.D., when uh, Titus Vespasian came in, surrounded Jerusalem, and then surrounded the temple, and then they went into the temple, those Jews that were left, and he uh, ended up uh, destroying the temple. The story is one of the uh, soldiers threw uh, um, you know, uh, fire inside the, the actual temple, and it caught it on fire and melted all the gold, and so the gold went down into all the stones, and part of the payment for soldiers uh, was to get the gold, but a lot of the gold was used uh, evidently to buy the Colosseum and entertainment for Rome. But you could see these stones and the marks left on the pavement from them being thrown down. So if you go with us, uh, we're going to be planning a trip in October. Next week we'll be announcing the dates and all. Um, so uh, you, you need to go see it yourself. These stones still speak because Jesus, uh, his word is true. And when you look at these stones, you realize you know, Jesus said this was going to happen. What else did he tell us was going to happen? Now, the disciples had not seen this yet. But we look back and we can see his fulfillment. So we can trust everything else that he has said is, in fact, 
true. You know, there's too many, I think, coincidences to be happening in such a short amount of time to believe in conspiracy theories anymore. Uh, I think as you look at what's going on with the World Economic Forum and Klaus, Klaus Schwab and all of his students uh, that are now leading the Western world are uh, uh, fulfilling what they, what they said they're going to do. And uh, you look at the world where we are literally facing uh, the potential of World War III. You know, you almost don't want to read the news because all it does is make you anxious. And, you know, you can't solve the problems because that's what uh, perilous times is. Times of not just causing anxiety, but really the anxiety from not knowing what to do. We can't fix it. So you look at it and you just watch the world continue to, to go downhill. And you have these people that are planning it and strategizing it. And taking away not just your freedom and your rights, but total control over everybody's bank accounts and lives and bodies. And you just see all of this is not a conspiracy. I, I had someone tell me the other day, they said, you know, um, I, I'm all out of conspiracy theories because they've all come true. Do you have any new ones <laughs> for me? And the conspirator is Satan, that serpent in the garden. You can read about it in Genesis, and that was the fall of man. And he's been conspiring ever since to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And we know that, that these men who put themselves in these leadership roles, it's all about pride and power and, and, and control. But when Jesus came, like the book that we read this last month, Gentle and Lowly, he said that we're to learn of him, that he's humble, that he's meek. And I think to myself, if I had to live next to Putin or Biden or Newsom or Trudeau or Fauci or to someone like you that's sitting next to you, I would rather live next to you. I want to live next to someone who's humble and following Christ that's a servant of others, not these tyrants and these liars and these thieves and these bullies. But that's the world today. And why is it that way? Why do these people get to to go on the playground and beat other people up and who's going to stop them? And how long is this going to last? Well, Jesus tells us exactly. In fact, he tells us how long from the start to the beginning of the tribulation period, seven years. But we also see the signs leading up to that and what the world is going to be like. And so what he says literally is when you begin to see these things, when these signs that I'm telling you about, when they begin to come to pass, you need to be doing one thing, and that's looking up because your redemption is going to be drawing near. When we listen to the Lord and his word, it's important to, to run everything we read in the news through um, the, the, the lens of God's word. In fact, um, uh, if you haven't been reading uh, uh, Curtis's Bowers, uh, his, his weekly agenda, I encourage you to do that. You can go to Agenda Weekly and you can sign up and I think it's five dollars a month. Uh, but I just encourage you, um, he just sent me a text message. Hello. Um, I read a lot of news. I listen like you to, you know, a lot of different outlets. And I, I just really appreciate what he does. And there's, there's tons out there. But one that has that, that pure heart and, and looking at everything, everything through the lens of God's word with this hopeful uplook. And that's really what this chapter is all about. God is, is longing for us to look to him. And he knows what we're going to be going through. So he tells us ahead of time so that we won't get lost in the problems. And so the disciples ask him, what's the signs? And this is, of course, also recorded in Matthew 24 and Mark's gospel as well. 
This is the uh, all of it discourse. This is the the, the things that are going to take place of the end when when the temple is going to be destroyed. He talks about that here and um, and portion of this, but also uh, in the, the things that are going to come in the last days. What's going to happen in the last days? And so he tells us now in verse eight, take heed to yourself. And the first warning is not to be deceived. Don't allow man to deceive you. And that's exactly what has been going on. Uh, the deception is out of control. Uh, and it's almost to the point where whatever I do here on the mainstream media, I know the opposite is true. They have been lying for so long that I, I think, wow, they are probably telling us what not to believe when they say this is happening. Um, even last week, you know, oh, there's no bio labs. Oh, yeah, we have a few. They're not really weapons. Um, <laughs> You, you listen to them, and this is just, I mean, every single day, the propaganda machine continues to grow. So I just turn it off. I, I just don't listen to those people. They lie. <laughs> don't let the ratings go up, you know. Uh, but here we, we see Jesus warns of deception. He said, many is going to come in my name saying, I am. Christ is italicized, meaning they're going to come and they're going to say, I, I am, I'm God. I am, I'm better than God. And that's what Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates, they think of themselves as God. They do. They want to be like the most high. And this is satanic right from, you read Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 describes here, uh, uh, Satan says, I'm going to ascend to the most high. And he wants to be like God. And the way he could be like God is to get the worship from you and I, the people of this world. And that's ultimately what the Antichrist will, will force. He wants to be worshipped desperately. And so these men are, are just Antichrist, as First John says. They're coming in place of Christ. They're coming to, to save the world. Oh, climate change, which is a bunch of malarkey, by the way. Um, CO2, we need more of it. They say we need less, but they're using it. Oh, it's fear. It's justification for control. So all of these things are happening. And all of these people that are, oh, suddenly they're experts. I have, we have experts. Um, you know, I, I, my grandfather was an expert. He was a world-renowned sh uh, surgeon. And he told me not to trust the experts. So that's from an expert. Don't trust the expert. Trust the word of God. And he says, and the time will draw near. He says, Go you not, therefore, after them. I encourage you to get off of Facebook, quite honestly. Stop following people on Twitter to just cancel the whole propaganda machine. And here's why. Because they're just taking you away. Daniel 7.25 says the beast is there to, to, tear, to, to tear down the words of the Most High and to wear out the saints of the Most High. So all the propaganda is is don't look at that. Don't look at God's word. Don't trust him. Look at me. Look at me. That's what Satan constantly does. So Facebook and Instagram and all the tech, because we know what these guys, what, they're, what they're, their motive is, and it's not to help you. It's, not to, it's, to, it's to take from you. It's not to benefit you. It's all about as much as they can get for themselves. And control comes with that because they think they're doing the right thing because they actually believe they're smarter than everybody else. And they think they are the elites and the chosen one by the aliens out there. One day they're going to show up and say, we put you in place, which are really demons. Verse nine, he says, but when you shall hear of wars and commotions, King James, 
Commotions is instability and disorder is the Greek definition. Confusion. What's going on in Ukraine? I don't know. I wouldn't trust Zelensky uh, to save my life. Uh, Putin's a bully. The whole thing's a mess. You look at what's going on over there. And it's just, uh, it's, you know, you've got all the propaganda machines. But these wars and commotions, these instabilities that are going on in the world, Jesus told us this is going to happen. This is confusing. What's happening? Well, we know who the author of confusion is. We know who the prince of the power of the air is. It's Satan. And so it's going to continue to be confusing. And if you try to figure out, you're going to go, I, I can't figure this out. And sometimes we're not going to figure it out. We just need to know that God has already figured all of them out and has a plan and we know who wins in the end. But notice what he tells us not to be, and that is he tells us not to be terrified. You know, it's funny, um, more and more you're going to be classified as a, as a, as a, a terrorist, you know, um, if you believe in these things, you know, these conspiracy theories like the Bible. Isn't that crazy? And, <laughs> Uh, the truth, uh, the power, what made America great, uh, Western society based upon the Bible. Yeah, if you believe these truths, even though all of our laws are based upon these truths, yeah, if you believe in this, you're a, you're a terrorist. I'm not causing terror. In fact, Jesus doesn't cause terror. He's trying to remove terror. He's telling you not to be terrified, not to be afraid. And so the ones who are causing terror are the ones really in government right now, causing everyone to be afraid. Like I've said this so many times before, I've never had a president in our country I can ever remember when there was any kind of threat or any kind of danger, any kind of war, saying, everyone be afraid, be very afraid, go hide in your homes, watch out. No, they'd say, hey, we can do this. This is the, the, the land of, of, of the free, the home of the brave. We're going to get through this. We're a united nation. And that's, that's the talk every president has, has really given up until about Clinton and Obama era. And in the last couple of years, it's no, just be afraid, continually be afraid until we take over your whole life. And don't look to God. That's illegal now. If you do, you're a terrorist. I mean, the lies. So you have to understand Jesus warned about these days. And we are not to live in fear or in terror. For these things must come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Or that is, it is not yet. It's, it's not uh, coming at that moment, but it seems like it. I mean, all the time growing up, I remember the, you know, the Cold War. This is the end. You know, Israel's become a nation, so Jesus is going to come back, and this is going to be the tribulation period. And we've said this, and my grandmother said this. Jesus has come back. We've been hearing it. So now everyone's desensitized to that statement. Jesus has come back. Well, they've been saying that for three generations, you know. And, and the truth is, Jesus is coming back. Because I'm going to show you this morning that we are actually living uh, in these times. And I don't know the day or the hour. But I can tell you that we're in the season. We're to be looking for the season. And that's why he's given us these signs. He goes on. Verse 10, then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This is going to happen until when? Until Daniel tells us there's going to be these 10 toes in Daniel chapter 10. There's going to be these 10 nation, Revelation says, and out of the 10 nations is going to rise an antichrist. It's to be the revived Roman Empire. Klaus Schwab is German, if you ever hear him talk. Uh, you, you see the, the Nazis are alive and well. They're in Ukraine. They're around the world. But not just that, the globalists, as we call them, but the, really the collectivists. And what they are is they're collecting up all of the different nations and kingdoms till there be just 10 in the world. And you look at China flying over Taiwan. You look at North Korea eyeing South Korea. You look at Persia soon, along with Russia, eyeing Israel. And that's when you need to know 
oh, that's it. You cannot do that one. God's going to step in Ezekiel 38. But there will be 10 nations. These nations are going to continue to take and to control. And part of the global strategy is to get people in these small districts so they can control them, uh, to get rid of cash. Third quarter, we're supposed to have a, a huge uh, recession or even worse, depending on where our dollar is uh, in, in the world stage. But you look at what's coming and you see these things and he's telling us it's going to happen so that we're not going to be terrified and afraid that we're going to be living for what's important and not for the things that are temporal. He says there's going to be earthquakes in verse 11. There shall be in diverse places and famines. And we're going to see famines this year like we probably haven't seen for decades. In pestilence, uh, I was looking at this interesting um, animal diseases. Uh, you look at a lot of the animals that are dying around the world. You see a lot of these just birds fly out, you know, just fall out of the air. Um, but you also look at the uh, SARS-1, which is a bat virus, which is interesting. Uh, SARS-2, as we call it COVID-19. Uh, I remember um, Judy Makovich, who helped uh, come up with uh, a lot of the medications for the HIV. And, and her words were, it's a spike protein. The HIV spike protein is what we find in COVID, SARS-1, and that is actually a bat virus. So it seems in her mind that this was taken and manipulated in a lab, probably in Ukraine now that we look at it, but who knows, and, and, and used to be a bioweapon so that now this animal uh, uh, virus can actually uh, enter into the human cell. So, you know, you look at what's going on and you can say, these people, God, don't you know what they're doing? Yes, he knows exactly what they're doing. He's actually prophesied about it. These things, uh, he, he's told us this is going to happen around the world. When you see COVID-20 come, don't be surprised, COVID-21. When you see what's going to come next, these people, who's planning it? Who's behind all of it? Well, you'll find out, yeah, it's these people, then behind them is ultimately going to be Satan. But behind all that is God. And he has the ultimate plan. He's the sovereign one. He is in control, the Alpha and Omega, time and eternity. We have to recognize that he is telling us the things in which we're going through. He already is aware of it because he's Omega. He's been at the very end. He's the beginning and the end. He's outside of space and time. But he goes on and says in verse 11, the fearful sights. You look at the news today, these things that are, man, are they fearful or what? You look and you think, these things strike terror. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He doesn't, he's not a terrorist. Christians are not terrorists. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. That's what we need to have. And a sound mind looks at these things and goes, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I, I'm not excited about this. But you know what? My commanding officer, the captain of my salvation, told me that this ship's going to be going through these treaded, you know, treaded waters, these difficult times, but he's going to take me through. And I'm not going to worry what comes. I'm not going to be afraid of what happens. Whatever I see and whatever comes near me, though 10,000 fall on my right side, I am not going to fall. He's going to take me through the fire and the water. He has a plan for me to bring me into eternity. Not one of my hair is going to fall until I stand before him. He knows everything about me and I am owned by him, the God of the universe. And so these sights that we have that can easily dissuade us, these great signs, he says, that are going to come as well from heaven. 
You know, the meteorites or the falling of, of these things or even UFOs, which, by the way, you see those UFOs that the Air Force has put out. Uh, and then you read Ezekiel 1, you'll find out that's exactly how demons move. You can't move 36 miles an hour and stop immediately. But, there, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues. And I believe this is the time we are right now. We're heading into the, the, the things that are going to get worse and worse. And in Matthew 24, he talks about it like a woman in travail, a woman in labor, labor pains. They get more frequent. They get more intense. They get closer. And you know that, hey, the baby's coming. And so what he's saying is you're going to see all these things, but know this, I am coming for you. You're going to see me. The Son of Man's going to come, but it's going to get worse. It's going to, the frequency is going to happen. The intensity is going to happen. It's going to continue to build up. And they're going to persecute you. They're going to deliver you. They're going to put you into prisons. You're going to be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn unto you for a testimony. In other words, it will be an opportunity for you to bear witness to who Christ is. This is the time that we have. Well, I don't want to take this vaccine because I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't accept religious exemptions. Like saying, we don't believe in your God. We believe in the God of science. <laughs> you know, science just means knowledge, and they, can, they don't acknowledge the facts and the data and the things that uh, say the vaccine only lasts maybe three months, and if that has a, long, uh, a, a long-term effect. So I was listening to a guy this week uh, describing a um, brilliant guy uh, that we've had a, a, um, a real war for the for the, the millennials coming up, just like we had a Vietnam War. He says last year we had a Vietnam War. That age group lost 51,000 people. And they can't say yet, the data's gonna come out, whether it's from the vaccine or not, but it seems to be these young people shouldn't be dying and having all these problems and these adverse reactions. I know people say you're anti-vax. I'm not anti, I'm like Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, he's not anti-vax. He's just anti-non-tested and approved vaccinations. That's what I am. Or in the words of Britt Grimm, I'm, I'm just anti-stupid. And I think that's... Uh... <laughs> and don't freak out if you took the vaccine. I'm not judging. I'm not, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of us took things and we've done things and we've been bamboozled by our government, unfortunately, by our medical. A lot of things have happened in our lives. But you have to know, if you read the end of the Gospel of Mark, that Jesus is greater than that. He says, even if you drink poison... That you, you, you know, you, you see the things going on around us and God is greater than that. You know, we make mistakes. We even do things on purpose and sin. And guess what? The God that we have, he forgives us and he cleanses us and he heals us and he loves us because that's the great God I am. That's who he is, the, the great God. <laughs> I just, sometimes it's hard, you know, as a pastor, I just want to tell the truth. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can freak people out and... Uh, that's not my intention, but I think you're already freaked out, right? I mean, how many of us are like, okay, what's going to happen next? Just, uh, let me, well, let me read to you. This is what's going to happen next. <laughs> he says, settle it, therefore, in your hearts. You know, you've you got to decide this now, not at, not at the moment, but do it today. Settle this in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. In other words, be ready. You're going to be brought. It's going to get worse. You're going to be brought before magistrates or judges. You're going to be 
attacked for what you believe, what your convictions are, and you have the right to your convictions. You know, you, you, know, you look at a country that they wouldn't steal your car or your house, but they'll take your body and they'll for, force things to be constantly put into your body. It's like, I don't think so. Uh, but this is the, the, the world that's trying to get us to think a certain way. You know, but ultimately, Satan's the one who, who's out to kill, steal, and destroy, and we need to be aware of that and be wise to that. But we want to give a testimony to the one who wants to save them. So God obviously cares about these people that we'll be standing before. He wants us to be ready to give them an answer, but he says, I will give you a mouth of wisdom. Isn't that great? You don't have to be a wise person. You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. Oh man, I haven't been reading through the Bible like everybody else. I'm really behind. I can't find out so hard. I got to Leviticus and then forget it. You know, you, you read it and, and you don't know, but here's the thing. He's going to give you what you need. And the best testimony you have is what he has done in your life. You don't have to be a genius or have the Bible memorized. You just need to be available and obedient and know that just like Moses, who didn't want to speak, God said, I made the mouth. I'll give you words. Don't worry. Which he says, all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. They, they won't be able to say anything against you. Just like Jesus, as they were sent, uh, uh, um, the religious leaders would send their soldiers to go get Jesus. Well, where is he? No one ever spoke like this man. Like, you don't understand what we're up against. This guy's unbelievable. Like, I could not, no one can actually answer him. We, we are all speechless by the time he's done talking. And you can't resist, just like Stephen in the book of Acts with that face of an angel speaking before the Sanhedrin. That's what God will do in your life. And you shall, unfortunately, be betrayed by your parents. And I'm so thankful my parents have promised never to do that to me. <laughs> and your brethren, kinsfolk, kinsfolk and your friends. I've heard for so many, I mean, this is what's going on, the division that has happened because of this whole pandemic, so-called pandemic, uh, plandemic, I've heard it called originally. And now I, 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 can, I can say it has been planned, it has been organized. Uh, Moderna had um, the COVID-19 uh, genome um, the, uh, our, our, uh, RNA before COVID-19 broke out. I mean, you think about the conspiracy. If that's a, that's a, they're conspiring, you know. All, all of these people should be shamed on themselves, and the truth is they're going to come out. But he says this is what we need to know, is, is that our job is to be faithful even though everyone may turn against us. And even some of you, he says, are going to be put to death. You know, the disciples, they were all put to death for their faith. John was boiled in oil and lived. I don't know what's worse. Um, I was telling someone last night, you know, I don't mind dying for the Lord. It's just the dying part I don't want to be there for. It sounds kind of painful. <laughs> but to count the cost in your heart, to really decide and settle, am I willing to die for the Lord? And if I'm willing to die for the Lord right now, then I'm willing to live for him right now. I'm willing to trust in him right now. I'm willing to grow old and, and lot, watch the world fall apart around me. And you, you settle all this because you know that he conquered death and removed its sting. And so he's the one that's worthy to be praised. Nobody else has done this for you or for me, gave his life. But Christ did on a cross 2,000 years ago. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He died in our place. So how can we stand and say, well, you know, I'm not really interested in standing for the Lord. Uh, you know, but he died for me. Of course I'm going to stand. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake and all 
nations is implied as men's in italics, and that's what it says in Matthew 24. I can't think of a nation today that's friendly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't. Uh, maybe maybe um, Iceland, which is really green, and Greenland's really full of ice. Um, I, I don't know a place really, truly, that is open to the gospel right now or friendly to Christianity. I don't, because this hostile takeover, the globalists, the collectivists have been gathering nation after nation, putting everybody in fear as everyone's given up their liberties. To, to and The most important liberty is the one you're, you're experiencing right now. This is what our, our founding fathers died for, laid their life down so that we can worship God freely. This is what it's all about. And that's really why Satan wants it. He doesn't, you know, when we were starting with this whole thing, unfortunately, as I told uh, um, the county that I wanted to talk to them. It's funny how the, the county lawyers say that I, we never wanted, the doors always open. It's been closed since day one. They never want to have a conversation with us. I have begged them, basically. It said, come down here. Come see what we're doing. Come and participate. You are welcome to watch and to come, and we, we will talk to you. We want to help, whatever the case may be. And now, of course, he said that we, we've never done that. That's just a lie. We have. We want to help. But, but their, their whole goal is, is not to, to see the church thrive. It's to take over the church. That's what Satan wants. Again, he doesn't want a healthy, vibrant church. Because when America is strong spiritually, it's strong economically, militarily, and you see we're not strong spiritually, so we're not strong at all economically and militarily, and we have a lot of problems with um, all of our leadership because the church isn't really been what it should be. And that's the thing that breaks my heart. I look and think, man, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. That's everyone in the church, that we need to do what God wants us to do. And I, I do believe uh, we can see another great awakening. I do believe that God's going to do, do and can do a great work. But he goes on here and he says, you're going to be betrayed. You're going to be put to death. You're going to be hated by all nations. But verse 18, there shall not a hair of your head perish. But I thought he said some are going to die there. What about their hair? And he's saying this is, is this is what, um, uh, what we know from Job, that he is going to die and worms were going to eat his body. But in his flesh, he's going to stand on that day before God, before his redeemer that God is going to redeem every hair of his head. Wouldn't that be nice for us that are losing our hair? We're going to stand before God and he's going to, he's going to restore our, 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 our mortality and it's going to actually be swallowed up with life. This mortality is going to put on immortality. And, and that's what he has. This promise is basically this. In your patience, possess ye your souls. In your steadfastness, in your patient endurance, you shall win the true life for your souls, the Amplified Version puts it. That you are to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That know that God's going to reward you on that day. That we need to look forward to that day. And in patience, we're going to possess our souls. That God longs for us to hold on to this vision and understanding. While the, the kings of this world continue to speak out and they hate God, and we see in Psalm 2 where all, all of these people that are taking over the world, the, the, the elites, you know, that are, are, are the super wealthy and those in power, you know, uh, currently, these people are going to be shaking their fists at God. But God's in heaven. The God in the heavens is going to laugh. He's going to laugh at them and he's going to, break them like a like a pot he's going to eventually crush them and there's going to be a judgment and he is going to bring that rest assured and he's going to put his son on the throne in zion on his holy hill 
and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. It's going to be amazing. When Christ returns, everyone's going to say, why didn't I submit to him and follow him? What a good leader he is. Look how humble he is, how wonderful he is. Instead, the world's going to, for the most part, seem to be following the pride and the arrogance and the lasciviousness and the wickedness of our day. And so the question we can ask ourselves is, when will Jesus return? And uh, verse 20 through 24 really deals with the, the, the desolation there. I showed you the stones in, in Jerusalem. It also refers to what's going to happen in the last days to the temple that's going to be built. And he says that Jerusalem shall be trodden, verse 24, down uh, of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so there's going to be a coming in which he's going to uh, take back what is really his that he purchased. And the time of the Gentiles is, is uh, still ruling. That is, the Temple Mount is still uh, not under full control of, of Israel. Uh, the Gentiles have been ruling really for um, 2,000 years, and some argue all the way back to the time of Babylon, which is true. Uh, verse 25, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars upon the earth, distress of nations and perplexity, the sea of waves roaring, uh, the, the hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after these things which are coming upon the earth, for the power of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now most um, eschatological teachers, most Bible scholars look at this and see this is describing what's taking place in Revelation. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is leading up and it's a tribulational period that's being poured out God's wrath upon a Christ-forsaken world. But he says, these things, the seven-year period, we're, we're going to be leading up to it. In verse 28, as I mentioned already, when these things begin to come to pass, he tells you and I that we're to look up and to lift up our heads for your redemption draws near. So we are living in a time in which we can see God's hand and his redeeming power. Verse 29, also, Jesus refers to uh, the fig tree and all the trees. And so some believe the fig tree to be that picture, a symbol of Israel. And, and I do. I, I, not everyone does. That's my personal belief. I, I, I look at uh, Israel. I've gone there now. I don't know how many times, 11, 12 times. And it's continuing to blossom and to bud. And all the trees, uh, you can say the nations as well around it, but specifically um, uh, the nation of Israel since 1948 has completely changed and no nation has gone without a homeland all these years. And, and they shall shoot forth and see uh, and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So when you begin to see all these things I've been telling you about, all this, the nations and everything coming about, you know it's time. It's time to, to, for the fruit to get picked. So likewise, you, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Truly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Generation could refer to the Jews as an ethnicity. It could refer to uh, a generation that's born at the same time. Uh, I think it can be both. I think it means both the Jews. He's referring to the Jews are not going to go away. They're going to be reborn as the fig tree. But also the generation that begins to see all of these signs that we're going to be able to, to look up and know that that's the generation in which he's going to return. If you look at um, just the signs that we have uh, going on in the, in the world today, the, 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 Jesus goes on to say, heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my words shall, um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Um, if you look at the last 50 generations since, the, you know, uh, since Christ came, it's been 2,000 years, uh, you can see um, what's the chance of, say, 10 
uh, signs. Uh, if you break these prophecies into 10 different signs, what's the chance of them happening um, in, in one generation? And I'm going to give you um, um, some signs in a minute, but just think about this. Uh, we have 50 generations, so if one sign happens, what's the chances of one sign happening within one of these 50 generations? It's one in 50. Okay, you're good. I know. It's, <laughs> we lost an hour. So just for the sake of time, compound probability. You have two, okay? It doesn't mean, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a 25, one in 25. It actually is a one in 2,500 chances. If two of these signs, major signs, by the way, there's, there's hundreds of them. But if I just give you 10, the top 10, if two of these are to happen in a generation, what's the chance of that happening in, in, in one of these 50 generations? It's one in 2,500. Three signs. What about three? If we have three of these major signs. It's one in 125,000. It goes up. If it was, so you go five, six, seven, it becomes one in 780 billion. For the sake of time, we'll go up to 10. This is a number I've not really ever fathomed before, but if you have 10 of these signs in one generation, what's the likelihood of the probability of that happening? One in 97,500 trillion. Do you know what that number is? Someone actually tried to calculate it. If you take the whole Milky Way galaxy and fill it full of sand like the beach and you paint one of those little grains of sand, you know, red, and you let someone swim, by the way, traveling at the speed of light will take you uh, 100,000 years across our galaxy, find that one little red grain of sand. That's a likelihood of just 10 of these signs happening in one of the generations since, the, since Christ came. So I'll let you be the judge. Here's some signs real quickly, and then we're going to have communion together just to get you excited if you're taking notes. What are we to be looking for? Well, he gives us signs in nature. You can read in Matthew 24 as well, earthquakes, famines, plagues, signs in the heavens. There's also signs in society, and you can measure these because we've never seen such a rebellious society, a generation as we see coming up today. In 2 Timothy 3, talks about just a list, verses 1 through 4, and 2 Timothy 3 tells us they're going to be lovers of themselves is the first thing. But you're going to see lawlessness and violence, immorality, greed, hedonism, rebellion against parents, despair. Finally, we have a generation that's just despairing. There's also negative spiritual signs that we have throughout Scripture. Uh, as I mentioned some already, false Christ. Prophets, false prophets showing signs and even wonders. Matthew 24, verse 24 says, there's going to be an apostasy in the last day within the church. An apostasy is someone who goes away from believing God's scripture, God's word. And widespread heresy uh, that we read about also in 2 Timothy 3, verse 5 and 2 Timothy 4, that many will turn away from the truth, having itching ears he, uh, and putting up for themselves um, these false teachers, giving fables, telling stories, not giving the whole gospel, not talking about sin, repentance, the blood of Christ. And we see that happening today like we've never seen before. Uh, religious and economic globalism, Revelation 17 and 18 talk about the rise of Babylon, uh, this, this global control and the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. This is really interesting. I just learned this this last week from Curtis Bowers. He should give me some, you know, payment for all the times I mentioned his name. But 
Revelation 13, 16 talks about, uh, you know, rich and poor, small, but everyone's going to have to take a mark, a right hand on your forehead, to buy and sell. You cannot buy and sell. Someone's going to control all these 10 nations in the world who can buy or sell. This is very interesting that actually today there's a group called Trust Stamp. Isn't that funny? It's like whenever they put a name, like trust me, you know they're lying. So <laughs> Trust Stamp is not just a tattoo or a stamp. Uh, but it's more than that. It's a technological part. It's a biological part. Uh, MasterCard's joining there, the financial part. And then Gavi, which is really evil. This, it stands for Global Alliance of Vaccines and Immunizations. So this is a mark that they're preparing, the, 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 the trust stamp that everyone can have so they can get rid of currency and we can keep it all safe for you. We give you your vaccines. Some theorize that actually they're going to come up with a way that you could just do it, you know, through your phone app and then have, have this all being done. But you have a, a mark evidently and it's being tested out today as we speak in West Africa. Isn't that crazy? Now, I would think this was crazy, but now I'm reading everything going, yeah, that's probably true. They have the mark of the beast and they're already using it. When you begin to see these things, look up because your redemption draws near. And uh, Gary Kaw was the one I learned that from. He wrote this book back in 1980 where he talks about a lot of these things that were going on in our own country. The globalist and the deception is well alive in our own country, probably more than any other country. You look at what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Our, the purpose in my mind is to destroy America, destroy our economy, because they can't have a global control until they take away America's economic and, and financial military power. And they're doing all that right now. Isn't it exciting? Look up. Your redemption's drawing near. <laughs> so that's why the old system, and they just say it right out in the open. Build back better implies let's break everything so that we can take it from you, you know. Uh, the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum says by 2030, you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. Because I'm going to own everything is what they say. That's really what they want to do. And people are going to fall for it. I didn't think so, but look, they've all fallen for it today. There's going to be mass persecution of believers. And there's been more persecuted, more killed Christians in the last year than all the other years come out. You see it's continuing to happen around the world, things that we don't even all know about, the persecution, the hates, being hated of all nations. There's going to be just an outbreak of demonic and occultic activity. What's driving a lot of what's going on in our own country, sad to say, is really demonic worship. They're, they're participating in witchcraft. You can, you can teach kids at Branham High School how to cast a spell, but don't have your Bible. That's illegal. That kind of stuff is going on in our school system and in our governments. Uh, positive spiritual signs so you don't get depressed. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have experienced that in Joel chapter 2? That's what's happening today too. So there's an apostasy within the, the church, but then there's an outpouring of the Spirit that God's doing as well. People are coming to Christ. People are being baptized. People are surrendering their life and recognizing just uh, what God can do. That repentance and that transformation is powerful. There's a revival of David-style worship. Amos chapter 9, verse 11 tells it. There's just going to be this outward praise of God. We were at our prayer meeting on Friday, and someone said they just had this, like, this dream that everyone was out in the streets just singing praises to God, like church was going on up and down his street. I thought that's a real awakening. That's what we need to see. Understanding biblical prophecy is also something that we're, we're, as I mentioned, all of these things are starting to make sense. Well, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 tells us that, that we are actually going to be recognizing. Men are going to go to and fro, 
and that could be on the face of the earth, but probably prophecy. We're going to and fro through the book, and knowledge is increasing on these prophecies that God has given into us. It's been sealed up until the time of the end, the angel tells Daniel. This is the time in which we're understanding these things, and we're seeing them come about. So we should be all the more excited. There's going to be a continuation of a political uh, world signs, hostility toward Israel, Ezekiel 35 through 36, and also Ezekiel 37, Israel's come back as a nation in 38, which they're going to come back. These military powers from the far north, probably Russia, uh, with Persia and the other Islamic nations coming against Israel. Um, there's going to be a, a nation as far east that's going to be able to uh, man an army of 20 million. I watched this video the other day of the Russian soldier recruitment video, the Chinese uh, soldier uh, military recruitment video, and then ours. And I thought, is this a joke? It's like Walt Disney made ours. It's a cartoon. It's all about wokeism. Like, I'm not going to sign up for that, but I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're sending message to the world that now China and Russia are stronger and America isn't. So these are things that are happening. The reunification of Europe, as I mentioned, the Ten Toes and all of these nations coming together. There's also the, the things that we're seeing, the acceleration signs, population explosion. In Revelation chapter 9, verses 15 through 16, talk about just that the, the earth is going to grow. We have a huge population explosion. That's why these globalists at World Economic Forum, they want to depopulate the world by at least 7 billion people. How are they going to do that? Nuclear war? That's, that's what they want. They want to get rid of 7 billion people. What, who are these people in charge? Are they that sadistic? Yes, they are. They're evil and they're sadistic and they're, e they're, they're trying to take over. Knowledge is increasing, as I mentioned. And the big super sign, just in closing, is Israel. Israel. What's going on in Israel? We're planning a trip. I love it. It's amazing. The regathering of God's people, Isaiah chapter 11, Ezekiel 37, the, the dry bones, they've come back and they've reunified. Nobody has come back ever. And, and, and after especially uh, 2,000 years and retained their language, their name, Israel, the same names come back. I mean, this is, this is, this is the super sign. The, the reestablishment of that state in 1948, as Zechariah uh, uh, 12, 1 through 6 says, as Jesus also refers to in Matthew 24, as well as, I believe, the fig tree, you're seeing it uh, uh, blossoming, continuing to blossom. And they now have natural gas, they even have oil, but they're the breadbasket of, of Europe. And then you see the resurgence of, uh, of their, their, their military as well and the reoccupation of Jerusalem. Now we're just waiting for them to take back the Temple Mount. 1948, they took parts of Jerusalem, but in 67, the war, the Six-Day War, they took all of Jerusalem, including the Temple Mount, and then they let Jordan come back and the other nations continue to, to, to oversee the Temple Mount. And so you see this, this epicenter is right there and it's happening before our eyes. The world is shaking and the things that are going on. What does Jesus tell us to be? He says, and take heed, verse 34, to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life so that the day come upon you unaware. And as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. A, a snare, a trap. One day they're going to wake up and it's all going to be gone. You know, it's interesting if you look at Revelation um, chapter 6. The, this is the, describing some of the things that Jesus is referring to in the, in the four horsemen. But at the end of the four horsemen being released, 
Look what it says in, in Revelation chapter 6. I'll read it to you. Verse 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the Hollywood stars and the rock stars and the Jeff Bezos and the rich men and the, the chief captains and the mighty ones and every bondman and every free man, they hide themselves in dens and in rocks and in mountains. You're seeing all these elite people, they're buying these bunkers underground. Have you seen these bunkers? They got like pools. I mean, they're living like thousands and thousands of feet underground and they have this hole, but they're, they're, they're preparing for nuclear war. They're going to be down there for years. They got food. I mean, these bunkers, are, are, they're, they're getting bought up. People are building them. But it's right here. This is what it says. They're going to hide there in dens, down under the ground, and in mountains. And yet, verse 17 the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And what you need to ask yourself, are you able to stand before the Son of Man? That's what he says here. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He's going to come, and he's either going to know you or he's not. You're going to be able to stand before him or you will be hiding, cowering, running in fear. But he's not someone that we need to be afraid of today. He's meek and he's lowly. He's gentle. And he comes to us saying, I, I want you to know how harmless I am. I'm like a lamb before his shearers. He was silent. He didn't raise his voice. And he gave his life. At this time, I want to invite the musicians to come up as we prepare for communion and really searching our hearts and just saying, Lord, am I really ready for, for what's coming? Have I settled in my heart what you want to do? 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. You see, this cup and this bread is a picture of his body. This is the cleansing agent this is the power from Almighty God that says to you and I, I love you and I've given you my life. And if you receive me, if you put your faith in me, you're going to be able to stand before me. And that idea is to be rewarded by him, to hear him not only say, well done, good and faithful servant, but to honor you and to bless you with eternal rewards. You see, you've got you to get beyond the here and the now and see the big picture. That Christ has given us his word. This, this book is an amazing book. It's true. The things he tells us as we study it, it builds our faith. It gets us excited about the things in which we're facing today. We should never get bored of it because we're constantly seeing things being revealed as we go on in time, just as Jesus has said. And the thing he wants you and I to know the most today is how much he loves us. Most of us know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But it's verse 17 that we really need to consider. That God sent not his, his son into the world to condemn the world 
but the world through him might be saved. You see, we're already condemned, as he goes on to say. The world's condemned. You're condemned. I'm condemned. We're destined to stand before God guilty as sinners. One sin makes us guilty. And if we're not to receive Christ and put our faith in Christ, then we stay in that place of condemnation. But Jesus is calling us into the light to come to him. Why don't people come? He says, because they, their deeds are evil and they love the darkness. They don't want their deeds to be revealed. But you know, when you come into the light, he doesn't just reveal, he, he removes. He removes, the light removes. When I read the newspaper, I was listening to Joe Foch. He says, you know, when I read all these things in the newspapers and magazines and the grocery store, I don't see all this bad news. What I see is a, a wedding invitation. That's what I see. This is a wedding invitation. This is all signs that God's saying, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you soon. Here's your invitation. Here's the invite. Oh, no. This is, no another war happens. Another pestilence. Another, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. That we get to stand before the Son of God. And today, he wants us to prepare our hearts. So we're going to worship right now. And I encourage you just to hold on to this. Let's take it together this morning, the, the, the bread and, and the cup, and just allow the Lord to minister. Lord, thank you so much for giving us your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we recognize that without you, that we're lost, that we're without hope. But Lord, as we look to your coming, that we are purified even as you are pure. Lord, I pray that as we partake of communion, you'd prepare our hearts this morning, recognizing that we're participating in what you want us to understand about laying down your life for us, coming again, even all these signs and things we've, we've looked at this morning is just you telling us how much you love us and not to be afraid, not to worry, just to keep looking to you. So Lord, minister and prepare our hearts as we worship you now in, in this time of communion. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can support this podcast by leaving a five-star review or just a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can donate through PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash LP Foster Kittens, or become a monthly donor through my subscribe star, which is subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens. Um, as always, I hope you guys have, I keep saying that as always, have a wonderful, continue to have a wonderful rest of your week. God bless you. And until next time, power to people. Oh, and don't forget to like, subscribe, follow. If this is on YouTube, hit the bell because notifications are handy dandy. Um, I think that's all. You can follow me on social media, which will be in the description box. I am Flicker of Truth on Twitter. And then Instagram, I am Distorted Lens 2.0. I think I'm still on 2.0. Um, yeah, that's all. Bye. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast in whatever way you're able to support it. Until next time, party people.